0: My name is Matt Brown.
1: Skip can say whatever he wants, but Skip, whenever you refer to me, whenever you speak to me, whenever you address me, address, address me as all pro Stanford graduate, because those are some accomplishments you will never you can aspire to, you will never accomplish.
0: And let's start the show. Listen, just
1: ask, ask Schefter what I text him when he somehow got my number and texted me. You know, I didn't respond to Diana Rossini. I think her name is. Yes, like, Diana, some, got my great work. But like, I would say the same thing that I told Sheffy, Shefty. Lose my number. Nice try.
0: What's going on, everybody? The world is a better place because you are here to join us. My name is Matt Brown, and I am the host of the Productive Conversations podcast. It is Tuesday, March twenty first, two thousand and twenty three. We are talking all things NFL free agency and player movements and potential trades and all of that. Talking about all the moves that have been made this off season in the NFL so far. And before we get into all of that, I just want to remind you to like and subscribe to the Productive Conversations podcast on all podcasts and platforms and YouTube. And don't forget to check out exclusive content regarding the show on ProductiveConversationsPodcast.com. And don't forget to check us out on the world of social media. We're on Instagram at Productive Conversations Podcast, Twitter at Prodcomopod, and we're on TikTok at Productive Conversations I hope everybody had a relaxing and fun weekend, whether you watched March Madness, and we will get all into that tomorrow, whether you watched a nice movie, whether you went outside, or whether you have seen all of these intense moves being made in the NFL, it's a lot to wrap your head around. So that's why this episode is dedicated to all of the major offseason moves. Whether it's a big signing like Derek Carr to the New Orleans Saints, Orlando Brown to the Cincinnati Bengals, Jimmy Garoppolo to the Vegas Raiders, whether it is somebody getting cut and haven't found a new team yet like Ezekiel Elliott, whether it's a player getting an extension like... Daniel Jones, or Geno Smith, whether it's a player getting franchise tagged and all the questions surrounding that, Saquon Barkley, Lamar Jackson, or whether it is a trade that is pending that will change the whole NFL that we may or may not have talked about for an hour last week and Aaron Rodgers potentially going to the Jets, or legitimate trades that have taken place already that really does change the NFL like Carolina trading DJ Moore for the number one overall pick that was the case for the Chicago Bears so yeah there's a lot to get into and a lot to really soak in and there's a good chance we'll do another free agency or I should say NFL offseason moves pod because you know this is getting crazy every day and of course we have the NFL draft which is about a month away but the NFL is king for a reason we take the time to really soak in all the offseason moves see what all these GMs and owners are doing to improve their teams and ultimately getting us excited for the fall because before you know it they're going to kick off a new NFL season and we're getting ready for it and we're here for it. So the productive NFL crew is here to talk about all the off-season moves. We have Hayden Nather and Alex Young joining me today to get into it. So why don't we start that right here, right now? No spoilers. Let's see what our expert analysis is going to ultimately be with this episode. So let us talk all NFL off-season moves so far. Hayden and Alex, it's your guys' turn once again. Here we go.
2: This is a very productive conversation.
0: Everyone's going all over the place in the NFL. There are people who intend to go on places. There are people who have new homes already. There are people who are still waiting for. So much is going right before things get really hot and heavy. The NFL draft's about a month away, but this is a good time to pause and sort out where things are going. People need to hear our thoughts on this free agency market in the NFL, so we bring it to you. Alex Young, and Hayden Nadler join me to talk all things NFL free agency. What's up, gentlemen? What's
2: going on? What's
0: going on? How are you? I'm great. I'm great. Uh, my hair disappeared all of a sudden. I don't have any hair <laughs> from the last week. I don't know what happened. So uh, but, uh, I miss it, but it'll come back before we know it. Everything's good with you?
1: Yeah. Sorry to talk to free agency. All right. Yeah, me too.
0: As I said, people must know where we're going with this. They must know where we think things are going. So let us start. Ah, so basically, as I said, as I mentioned, um, right before we recorded, the way we're going to break this down, our segments are going to be broken up by each position in the NFL of where people have moved, where people will move, uh, and uh, where people aren't moving. So we'll start with the quarterbacks right now and... What a what a class of free agency movements, extensions and potential trades, and I don't know where to start with the quarterbacks. But why don't we continue our conversation from last week? At this time, Aaron Rodgers, he intends to be a New York Jet. And Still when has we it. talked, a little, sorry, you know, yes, at this moment, the deal is not done. Mm-hmm. I have not heard any leaks on where that is going. I've just heard nothing but rumors. But at this moment. Aaron Rodgers wants to be a Jet, but it seems like the Packers are holding it up. And I guess the one thing we can talk about with this, because assuming all things are aligned, that Aaron Rodgers will be a Jet, I don't think they want to have that media storm if they don't make the deal and Aaron Rodgers shows up to camp anyways and they give him the cash. Basically, my question for this Aaron Rodgers discussion is where do you guys or I should say, when do you guys think this deal is going to be made? Is it going to be made before the NFL draft or after?
2: Um, I mean, that's an interesting question. I personally think it's going to be made before. Um, I think if you, I think it needs to be made before, mm. so that way the Jets can know exactly what they're going to surround Aaron Rodgers with. Um, but that being said, I would not be shocked if it happens after because of all the demands. And I think the whole process is taking – Way too slow. Um, I'm not very happy with how the process is moving. But if you're the Jets, you need to make it before, so that way you can give the team time to get acclimated. Who exactly they're going to draft? Um, who are they going to surround Aaron Rodgers with? And I think that's really, really important. Like, are they going to draft another receiver for him? I know they just got Lazard, but are they going to draft another receiver? Are you going to draft more linemen? Like, he needs time to get acclimated with all these new players. So it definitely needs to happen before.
1: Yeah. So- yeah. Sorry about you.
0: I was just gonna say, it seems like this is a a true across the boardroom conversation. See who blinks first.
1: Yeah, I, I agree, Matt. I and exactly what he said. It has it needs to happen before the draft. we said that all kind of last time we talked about the Rogers situation. Um, but yeah, I think it's really the Jets standing firm, but also the Packers, and it's who who you know drops you know the ball first, if you will. Um, and and, and who stands down, Um, you know, the whole, the whole hangup seems to be over this, this first round pick um, that the Packers want. And I think the jets are kind of just trying to take the leverage of well, this guy's an old guy, you know, old player, Um, you know, we're still going to give you a good amount of picks, but we don't want to include the first round pick jeopardize our future potentially for a guy, you know, for a two year window. Um, But at the end of the day, you have to just do what needs to get done. If you sacrifice just one first round pick, maybe you just give up this year's and you hold on to your future assets. I think that's fair. Um, but, you know, again, we, don't really know the true things, but the rumors right now is that the Packers are really, you know, wanting this first round pick. The Jets don't really want to give it up. But at the end of the day, you know, like we said before, it has to be done before the draft. So you have to do what you got to do, but you know, every, you know, everyone's just, you know, strong one another and, and trying to see who comes out the winner. Um, but, you know, they definitely have to figure this out soon um, because, you know, it's not only Rodgers or the team, it's also the front office, like Hayden alluded to, trying to figure out what changes now. They spent hours scouting all these talents. And now, if you don't have the first round pick, you have to pivot, you got to make moves, you got to do certain things, and how you're going to bolster the roster if you give up a bunch of picks, whatever the case might be. So, it's just a disservice to the Jets right now. It's also a disservice to the Packers and not knowing what their future holds. So, you know, the quicker they get this deal done, the better. Um, and hopefully, you know, they figure this out over the next few days. But, you know, if, if you just have to give a first-round pick to get this thing I'm, done, I, I'd say go for it. I mean, I think Rodgers
2: has leverage in this situation. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think the Jets need to have a backup plan. If That's this, this yep. thing doesn't go through. Like, I'm hearing Matthew Stafford is a possible backup plan for the New York Jets, um, which would make a lot of sense. He's a Super bowl winning quarterback but I do think the Jets need to have a contingency plan just in case Mm -hmm. this Aaron Rodgers thing doesn't go through because you know it's you know it's very scary that the fact that the deal hasn't been done and it's a lot of things that are happening but you know I I'm I'm telling you I've said this before I think the Jets should draft the quarterback in this draft in the second or third round I'm telling you with with whoever they get they're going to get an old veteran um, give this guy time to develop Um, and see if maybe he can beat Zach Wilson out for the backup job, or you know, see about that. But I, I just, I'm very concerned that this is not going to happen, and the Jets going to be stuck at square one again because they're putting all their eggs in one basket. (laughs) And you know, it's it's a scary thought as a Jet fan because in life you need contingency plans, especially because these things all don't go through. So I mean. Like I said, I'm I'm a very big proponent of the Jets drafting someone in this draft, at quarterback position.
1: Yeah. And, and real quick, Matt, too, I, I was going to say I, I agree with the contingency plan because I mentioned to you guys when we first talked, Rodgers intending to be a Jet, that they need to do have a back plan in place. And I know we're about to talk about the quarterback free agency market, and there's going to be a big reason why uh, they need to discuss about it because it's drying up with fast, with reliable contingency plan quarterbacks. So it's, you know. They really need to, you know, figure out what they're going to do here and do it quickly because soon enough there's not going to be any quarterbacks to, to pluck out of the market that are going to be, you know, at least helpful for the Jets. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like you said before, yeah.
0: It doesn't seem that there are many options, like you said, in the veteran market. I'd have to, you know, if – um, so, Hayden, right now, right now the Jets have the 13th pick and the Packers have yep. the 15th and now – and you say, regardless, maybe not in the first round, but second or third, that's when you draft your quarterback. Yeah, I do. And do you think they should sw- switch the spots of the thirteenth through fifteenth?
2: Um, I know you don't trust Joe Douglas to make I this mean, big it, move. It, it or, depends what but, you can get. I mean, if you could get the lineman, you think at fifteen? Like, I, I think they should draft the lineman. Yeah. At, at thirteen. That's that's what I personally think they should be drafting. Um, but I mean we'll see. uh I, I think they need a lineman at, at 13 cuz the line i mean they they got someone uh they got someone recently uh, schweitzer i think they they got a lineman in the new york mm-hmm. jets or someone or some recently uh, an, a lineman they got um but in free agency but like that's not good enough their free agent their free agent lineman they've signed have been absolutely terrible so um i think you got to draft someone in For the sure. uh, in the draft at 13 cuz their line is and especially considering Rodgers isn't a very mobile quarterback, um, you know, yeah. I mean, you're not getting a guy like Lamar who can evade tacklers like, consistently, who runs like a four, four, five, four, six. 5 4-6. Aaron Rodgers is a 40, 40-year-old man. If you don't protect him, he's going to get hurt immediately. Um, we've seen that older quarterbacks get hurt, you know, like this. So, you know, it's the, – the line has to be better. For sure. Personally.
0: And, you know, we could go all day on Aaron Rodgers. We spent 45 minutes on him last week. So, really, it is just a waiting game for us here in the whole NFL. But um, so much on the line. And just my last question, I hate it again. Do you think Joe Douglas is going to get this right, this trade, as I of mean, the uh, 20th of March, 2023?
2: I mean, I – God help me. I, I – I don't even want to answer that question because I, 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 I have zero trust at all, zero faith in Joe Douglas to get the job done, zero. Um, but, I mean, it's it's not really in his hands. It's in the quarterback's hands. So, you know, uh, I, I think every Jet fan shouldn't be confident in him. I think he's done an absolutely terrible job. I've said that before. I've said it before so many times. The job he's done as GM has been the probably the worst in Jet's history. He's the most overrated GM in the history of the Jets. I will actually say that. I'm on record of saying that. So I don't really trust him. Um, That being said, I can't really lose faith, and hopefully they have a quarterback. So it's tough for me to say. Fair enough. You you shouldn't be trusting Joe Douglas if you're a Jets fan. (laughs) you're, You're moronic if you have any trust in him after the last four to five years.
0: Well, we'll see what happens ultimately. If anything, put it through your Madden trade, put it through the Madden trade sequence, see if it uh, matches up. But um, it's going to be very interesting. And, of course, the other quarterback, the other uh, well, the other big-name quarterback where we're still trying to figure out where he's going, yet it seems that our various intentions. And uh, I'm talking about Lamar Jackson. At this time, he has a non exclusive franchise tag from the Baltimore Ravens, which means he can still shop a new deal and he can be offered a new contract and the Ravens have the right to match it. I at this moment.
2: I'm going to tell you who I think he should go to personally. Tell us. I think he should go to the Patriots. That the that's Patriots. who I think the team. Hmm. I think the Patriots have some some weapons. They have a great defensive <laughs> coach. They're they're going to be working with a new offensive coordinator. With Bill O'Brien, I mean, I know they have Mac Jones, but, I mean, you're telling me, at a guy who's an all-pro, you wouldn't possibly trade Mac Jones to a team like the Texans who needs a quarterback? Who wouldn't yeah. take a shot and trade him to the Texans, maybe get Lamar Jackson at quarterback? Like, if you have Lamar available with the New England, I mean, he's a huge upgrade over over Mac Jones, and I feel like with that defense and Bill Belichick, um, they would be a super-well-contending team, actually, with Lamar. And especially in the AFC East, where you have... Right now, you got Josh Allen. You may have Rodgers. Like you need an elite guy. And yes. the Patriots, the Patriots make a ton of sense in my in my personal opinion.
0: Yeah, and that's the big question is if uh, do we know how Bill Bill Belichick feels about Mac Jones? He definitely took a step backwards last year after a very good rookie year, uh, missed the playoffs, and. Yeah, that's, that is an interesting mix here before I offer my hat in this. Um, Alex, Lamar Jackson at this moment, what is he going to do?
1: Uh, I think he's going – personally, I think he's going back to Baltimore. I think Baltimore is waiting to see what team bites on, on giving him or proposing him a contract. But um, I don't know why because we've seen it in other sports. Sometimes when you let another team – you know, offer you get a player contract. Sometimes it's, you know, what we consider a poison pill contract, where it's just like ludicrous at the team to match it. Um, but again, you know, the teams that sign them have to give two first round picks. So, you know, Baltimore kind of can just wait because, you know, a, a team could wait and see, uh, you know, or might not want to be given the will of two first round picks right now for him, even though he's a, you know, former MVP. Um, but it's just weird to me that the market's been extremely slow for him. I would think at least one team would be all in on him. The team we hear often is the Dolphins. But, however, the Dolphins don't have their first-round pick, so they would have to wait till after the draft. So offer and him a signing extension. sheet. they did just extension. Yeah, they extended yeah him man, and they did two before, or fifth fifth-year options. So, like, why would they even, you know, go in on him if they, after doing that move? So, you know, uh, it's just, you know, that was a team that was floating around. I mean, they pick up two, like I said. So, you know uh, – it's just weird. It's weird in the markets out there. But like I said, I think the Ravens are kind of just sitting there letting another team do the work, um, and they'll just match it. Um, I don't think a team is going to go crazy and offer him, you know, like a $50 million per year deal or 60 or something, you know, kind of wild, even though that's what how the quarterback market's trending. Um you know, I think he's going to get his mark value somewhere. He wants it fully guaranteed. And like I said, I think at the end of the day, he's going to be a Raven. I think they're just waiting for a team to bite on it, and they'll just match that contract and not have to do any of the work. Where do you think Um, the
0: resentment has come from for Lamar Jackson? Why is it taking so long for this former MVP All-Pro to get signed? Whether it's did he quit on his team that are there some people internally in the Baltimore organization feels that or is it an
1: attitude problem? Like, what is it? Uh, I think for me, oh sorry and you oh, no, uh, you okay. I, mean, yeah. I was just gonna say for me I think it's him not having an agent makes this whole process weird right mm-hmm. I think it doesn't help um you know I know you can have a direct line to Lamar but again for fine-tuning and certain things like that just easy to have as a middleman to kind of help all that present everything to your player get the deal so I think it's it's that but you know I I think it's just the injury prone and the 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 you know the proneness of the type of player he is, he's a running quarterback. You know, he has a decent arm. I think that's going to help you for your money. You want security, why not go out? You know, next thing you know, if you tell me. So, I want to say he quit on his <laughs> team. I think when we talked about this a while ago, uh, before Hayden joined us, I think we all kind of agreed that he was just looking out for himself. Um, it wasn't just being like, yeah, you know, I'm done. Um, I'm quitting. You know, I think he wasn't 100%. Um, and he just thought it'd be safer not to play. You know, we've seen someone, RG3, for example, you know, come back in a playoff game with a banged-up knee, and he was never the same. Um, So I think there's a couple different factors. Um, But, you know, I don't know if there's resentment in the front office. It's just been a weird thing because it's been quieted. Like, we haven't heard a teammate speak out or anything like that. So it's just weird. This whole process, like I said, I feel like the Ravens are really just sitting there letting someone do the work for them. And then they'll bring him in, which is bizarre that they're not taking the precipice to, to get this guy back. I don't know. It's a very odd situation that I don't think we've seen before.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's definitely – you could say that again.
2: I mean, I think what's going on with Lamar is people, or people are concerned about his injury history and his mm-hmm. style of play. Um, that's what I really think is um, really deterring people is that he's been injured a lot. Um, his style of play is very run-heavy, uh, and just with the way he plays is very – very dangerous. Um, technically, usually those players like that, like Michael Vick and running quarterbacks in the NFL, usually hurt all the time because they sacrifice their bodies. So it's a big risk taking him on. Um, I, I personally think that's why some teams are a little bit reluctant. Even though when he plays, he's an all pro. Um, it's it's not quite like Jimmy Garoppolo because Jimmy Garoppolo's been hurt a lot more. But, I mean, it's it's a little bit similar. I think teams are a little bit hesitant because, I mean, also you have to run a specific style of offense around him. Like they ran an offense with, in Baltimore with Greg Roman. That's very specific to his style and very specific to the option offense and how exactly he moves the ball. So if you don't have an offensive coordinator who's kind of willing to adjust, like you have to adjust your whole system for Lamar Jackson, in my personal opinion. Um, so he's, he's the type of player – it's kind of a little more difficult to, to work with him than it is guys like who are prototypical pocket passers because there's more more there's more you can do with him, but that also makes it a little bit more challenging for an OC in an offense to really really work with that.
0: Yep, yeah, absolutely. It's a real mystery. But I'm gonna go with uh, Alex's his theory too. I think it's all about having the uh team do it for him. "Quote unquote." I know that I believe Lamar said the the initial offer was one thirty five, and over multiple years, I know we've won as much as one sixty. We all know the uh market was set from the Deshaun Watson deal, but yeah, it's uh, there's so much factors in it. This is probably going to go drag on and on and on until we're all tired of it, and um let's keep it going because clearly this isn't going to change anytime soon. But hopefully, it does, and. Uh, Baltimore too can have a folk can focus on what they could do in the future. Remember, they didn't make the playoffs, and um, they it's, it's it's a mystery absolutely. So I'm going to name you three of the bigger bigger name deals that took place in the uh, offseason so far. Jimmy Garoppolo gets signed by the Vegas Raiders. Derek Carr goes to the New Orleans Saints. Baker Mayfield goes to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Out of those three trade, uh, out of those three signings, who's going to do the best in their new team?
2: Who's it? Uh, J- Jimmy G, Derek J- Carr, and uh Baker Mayfield. Baker.
0: <laughs> and it seems like these three are going to start at this time, yep. at least, unless somebody
1: unless woos- well, Baker gets being out of uh, camp uh, by. Is it- is Kyle Trask, yeah. 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 Um, to me, it's Derek Carr. Uh, I I just think that everything's there for him. He has a star running back. They brought in Jamal Williams, which had an electric uh, press conference. If you guys haven't seen that, it was hilarious, as Jamal mm-hmm. Williams is. Um, he has a run game. The defense is turning a corner. He has some weapons in Olave. Um you know, they, they kind of use Taysom Hill in various different roles. So they have pieces there. I think Derek Carr is gonna do well in that offense. Um, Saints always have usually a pretty solid offense. Um, so I see Derek Carr doing the best. It's just to me, Jimmy G would I would be second. Um, it's just I don't know what the Raiders' plans are. It's been a very weird offseason looking at what the Raiders have been doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, but to me, I think Derek Carr kind of has the division that's open and the weapons to be successful. Um, so I think Derek Carr is going to, you know, do the best out of those three.
2: Udo, I think he's going to do the best. Um, I think the quarterback who has the most approved is Baker Mayfield, actually. Um, I feel like on Tampa Bay, he's kind of trying to resurrect his career. So I think this could be a great chance for him to really prove that he was uh, why he was the number one pick. Uh, that he let people forget that Baker Mayfield led the the Cleveland Browns to their first playoff appearance. And I want to say like 25 years when they made the playoffs in, in 1994, they won their first playoff game. Uh, they not 1994. They won their first playoff game since 1994 with Baker Mayfield. So this mm. is a This is a talented quarterback who just needs the right weapons around him. And I feel like with Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and the pieces they have in, in Tampa Bay. I feel like he's actually probably the best setup for success if he can win the starting job out of all those quarterbacks. He does have some big shoes to fill, you know, and he did
0: did have some success in L.A. for a little bit, Rick, and the last game of the year was a disaster. Yeah,
2: but, I mean, when the guy was playing in Cleveland, he was playing with a torn labrum. I mean, he actually... I mean the guy the guy actually has a pretty good record. I mean 2020 they went 11-5 he threw 26 touchdowns, eight picks. Guy's got 102 touchdowns 6-4. Yeah, Deceptions and he is very coach too. He's he's honestly he's pretty good. Consider did you know what what the Browns were before he took over a quarterback? Owen 15, Owen 16. I mean, he got them back to respectability. So I mean, yeah, kudos I, to him. I feel yeah. like he's a lot he's better quarterback. He's, yeah, he's, he's still young. He's a lot better of a quarterback than people make it out. Um so, you know, uh I am I'm high on him. I, I actually think he played pretty good towards the end of the year with with the Rams. He got a little he got hurt with the, the Panthers. Just wasn't wasn't his year. But you know, people were getting on him in, in Cleveland. I mean he was playing with a fucking torn labrum. So, you yeah. know, I mean that that's of course he's not gonna be as, as strong.
1: I uh I uh I always have respect for Baker. I just I don't know if just his last few stops, obviously Carolina and then the Rams. There's been flashes, but, you know, not brilliance uh, and not, you know, the consistency that we saw in Cleveland. So I, I do like your pick, and I think he's definitely intriguing to watch. I think it's definitely something to look at this offseason, early in season, see what he does in Tampa. Um, you know, we'll see. He, you know, there are some solid weapons there, so we just have to see what happens. But I, I do like that pick, you know, just from your points. You know, he's still young. He's coming off some injuries, so we'll see. Maybe he comes in motivated and uh, wants to try to, you know, have a second leg to his career here. Do you think that there is pressure on
2: Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, not Jimmy Garopp- uh Derek Carr, to finally get that playoff monkey off his back? And do you think that pressure will kind of get him? Um, you know, Derek Carr has been one of the best statistical quarterbacks throughout the 2010s, and he's. He has great numbers but he's never really won the the playoff game. Do you think there's pressure on him this year to win that division and do you think that pressure could be a could be a negative negative factor in his development this season?
0: I think Derek Carr is going to be able to figure it out in New Orleans. He's playing with a coach he's familiar with. They are restructuring a lot of his weapons Mm -hmm. as Alex mentioned and maybe even you could have a return to form Michael Thomas, but reckon we (laughs) seem to be saying that every year, Mm -hmm. but uh, the last three seasons. But I think Derek Carr understands the pressure on his back and he has dealt with so much pressure throughout the last few years. We all know the mess in Vegas from Henry Ruggs to John Gruden to and having a new coach, Passaccia, but
2: he was good Actually, yeah. did. I mean he made the playoffs that year? So yeah, yeah, Masashi should have been there. Yeah, but, uh, he, he, been there he, head coach. he should have gotten hired as head coach. Yeah, I, uh, I, I agree with you on that.
0: Yeah. yeah, I think definitely. I think he'll be able to be fine. I think he's in a good location that has a very loyal fan base, mm-hmm. but not a humongous spotlight that he could. Crumble in, and that was some of the things people worried about when he was considered for the Jets job. Could he really handle the New York market? And um, I think the New Orleans market is better
2: a better fit. I mean, people are comparing it to um, like when Matt Stafford went to LA and won the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think they necessarily have the team around him in in. uh, Yeah, it's a very old New Orleans, but but also like I mean, the NFC South is the worst division of football right now. So it's you know it's it's definitely wide. It's theirs for the taking. Any, sure. I, I feel like it's anyone's for the taking.
1: It's, a, it's, I mean, we've seen that division be the weirdest division I think in football I mean, these last start, few years. So the
2: starting quarterbacks right now, I mean, unless yeah.
1: I mean, the, the but Panthers, it, the division is wide open. But it should be the Saints, I think, should be the favorite to win. I mean,
2: the, division. the I Panthers, know. the Panthers are going to draft a quarterback, so they're yeah. probably. But right now, it's Andy Dalton, uh, yep. Taylor Heineke would Taylor Heineke or Desmond Ritter will be the quarterback in Atlanta, and Baker Mayfield will be the quarterback for the Bucs. So, like, yeah. I mean, I feel like Derek Carr is the best of those four. <laughs> Yeah, but, true. I mean, I feel like Baker Mayfield also has the most to prove. So, that's why I'm that's why i taking Baker Mayfield with my pick.
0: All right. So, San Francisco is very interesting. As uh, Brock Purdy, the uh, Mr. Irrelevant Wonder, uh, helped the 49ers make a deep run in the playoffs. Obviously, he gets hurt in the NFC Championship. He's going to be gone for a long time. The 49ers signed Sam Darnold. They are still awaiting Trey Lance to return, and obviously Jimmy G is gone. Do you think with this signing, who's going to get the starting job? Trey Lance or Sam Darnold? Trey Lance. What no, about Brock not. Purdy?
1: Brock Purdy. Well, Brock, Purdy. Well, Brock Purdy is well, a good her, to do. Well, well, Purdy, Purdy shouldn't be bad. I think he's. They said he's going to start resuming throw activities in a few months. So me, might. Mean, be ready by the season? I, I, but think, I they think they it said uh depends on a strong regimen I or think how uh, goes. I think Brock ready
2: I think Brock is gonna be ready by the season.
0: Okay. At this moment reported by the Athletic on March tenth, Purdy's expected to begin throwing three months and should be yeah. recovering in six, which will put him near a week one return, the source yeah. says so
2: I mean okay. I would say that the the quarterback week one um Difficult to say, Sam Darnold. I think or... it's I
1: think it's Lance the week one. I think they're going to ease Purdy back. You got to see what Lance is because if Purdy's your guy going forward, you're going to have to trade Lance at some point.
2: Yeah, right? I know. I I, right I feel time. like I feel like you got to start Lance just so mm-hmm. even you could see his trade value too. Yep. Mm-hmm. But exactly. I mean, and probably have Darnold be the backup. Yep. But. I mean, it's 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 a very tough decision because you got you got three pretty like Sam a pretty capable. Quarter, he, he was pretty good towards the end of the year with Carolina. Yeah, I was, he was like in a gone. running game. You give him Christian McCaffrey, like yeah, back, he still has a lot left. He's he's, he's back. He's, he's back in weapons. California. He's, he's actually pretty decent with weapons. I mean, but he's a quarterback. He needs to have a lot around him. But I mean, it's it's tough for me to say because the the best quarterback right now, um, probably out of those three is pro it's it's hard to say. I mean, probably the, the most experienced is Sam Darnold. So
1: Yeah, I think the but, most experienced is Sam.
2: But yeah. I mean the probably the best quarterback. That's there, my I think, pick. Yeah. I would pick
0: Sam Darnold to start
2: if assuming he wins know. the job. Yeah, I mean he's gonna have to compete versus Trey Lance and I feel like Trey Lance has more upside
1: than Sam Darnold. Definitely. Yeah, I mean yeah for sure. A thousand percent uh, Trey Lance has more of the upside, which is why I said if if you're planning to have, you know, Purdy be your guy in the future. you, you got to have to give your person with upside some chance to showcase himself.
2: I mean, Yeah, I mean, yeah keep going. No, you could you go.
0: Well, uh, do, do you have any more points that's going to bring up something after?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I will say, um, I mean, what the 49ers are doing is pretty smart because you saw that with the situation they had last year when the, all their quarterbacks got hurt. So I feel like mm-hmm. bringing in three competent quarterbacks is... Yep. Definitely a good idea. I think you can never have too many quarterbacks. You saw it in the NFC Championship game last year. So, right now you got Trey Lance with upside, you got a veteran in Darnold, and then you got a, a young rookie in, in Purdy. Um I actually feel like it's it's a pretty good QB room. Um I think maybe you sign Josh Johnson or whatever and like the practice squad or another quarterback. It's 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 definitely a pretty de- it's a it's a pretty decent quarterback room. Not not that any of those guys are any fantastic, but you have three capable quarterbacks.
0: And also, the Falcons cut Mariota. They signed Taylor Heineke, Dan, Desmond Riddler, still trying to figure out where he goes. As uh, Hayden mentioned, he's either going to be Heineke or Riddler. And Ritter.
1: Uh, sorry, Riddler. Riddler. Yeah.
0: And he could um, become
1: the Riddler if he's, you know, good, yeah. he starts becoming good. That could be his nickname. Yes.
0: Whether him or they draft somebody. Or personally, I always felt Lamar Jackson would be a good fit at Atlanta. Uh, yeah,
1: I'm I'm I with you know. on that. I'm with you, too. Uh, I'm with you on that.
0: Yeah, especially without that very young, explosive offense, with uh, arguably somebody could be the best tight end in the game. Lamar Jackson and, and, and Kyle
1: Pitts would be fun to watch because he loves Mark Andrews in Baltimore. Yeah. Right. If you have, have more athletic Mark Andrews. That'd be a fun dynamic duo.
0: And allegedly, that they, they are clear on showing their disinterest in acquiring yep. Lamar. But out of those two guys, do you go with. Um, who do you go with? I mean, I think it's obvious, Taylor Heineke. Taylor uh, Heineke is a very professional quarterback, and he has a good experience. I understand some of the concerns regarded as accuracy and, um say, in the pocket. But out of those two, who still need to unlock their potential fully, I would go with
2: Taylor Heineke. Um, I I think if I'm if I'm talking about the best quarterback. I I feel like Heineke may be a little bit better at this point, but I feel like in terms of making a decision on the future, you have to start Desmond Ritter. And then Heineke would be the backup, and then you could always replace Desmond Ritter if the team is like 2-3 and or something. But, I mean, who they should go with? Probably Taylor. In terms of organizational and for the future, they should go with Desmond Ritter. But, I mean, if they want to win games now, probably Taylor Heineke, but they should go with Desmond Ritter.
1: Especially in the weak division. Yeah. I'm big on Desmond Ritter. Uh, I think he, I think he got thrown into a bad situation late uh, last year. Just how you know Mariota kind of bailed on the team, on him. Um, it didn't seem like he was a perfect mentor um, for you know Ritter. Um, so he got to thrown to the wolves. But I think you know like like Hayden said, from an organization standpoint and seeing your future, you know you give the guy uh, some promise here. You give him some run. Um, if you're running, great. If you're losing, see how he is in losses. You know, if, if they're losing maybe because of the defensive thing and not really him, and he's doing everything similar we saw with Justin Fields, right? Or no matter what he did, the team was still up losing, but there's a bunch of promise we all love them at the second half of the year. You know, that's great. Um, but if he just doesn't look ready, you that's why you bring in a guy like Heineke, which we've seen before, right? The type of guy just to come in, in certain situations, he's not selfish. Um, he tries to do the best to help his team win. So, you know, if, if it's really a lost cause with Desmond by like week six or seven and you just don't think he's your guy, then maybe that's the point where you kind of see if, uh, you know, Heineken can come in and maybe turn the forces around on the season, especially like we've seen with that division where you can be pretty much out of it until three weeks left to go and somehow still manage to win the division, you know. So, it's crazy. So we'll uh, Yeah,
2: I mean so. I mean I hear you on that. But like their Atlanta Falcons are trying to determine who their, their franchise quarterback is after Matt Ryan left. So this is a very pivotal pivotal year for them to see if Desmond Ritter they think is the future. So you have to start Ritter. That's who that's why I think you have to start. Um you drafted a guy in the third round. So, you know, you, you gotta you gotta take your lumps and take your chances with him. Um it wasn't necessarily a guy like you drafted at like, you know, like in the top in the first round. So you don't there's not as much pressure on him, which is, I think, a good thing in a way for this guy. But, I mean, I feel like if he gets a shot and he takes advantage of it this year, you know, why can't he be the quarterback going moving forward?
0: I only like could bring Matt Ryan back and say, we're sorry. We're sorry. We're sorry. Please forgive us. Give us another chance. But they won't. Sports is a cruel thing. But – why don't we just quickly hit on the two quarterbacks who made who got major extensions this season? Geno Smith resigns and Daniel Jones resigns, which, according to some people, the sky is falling. I've never seen so many people pissed off at an extension. So, first, definitely Geno Smith; he's earned it. Comeback player of the year shows legitimacy. Got the Seahawks to the playoffs. They could have easily won that game too. I think that's good on Gino's part. But Daniel Jones, obviously that big debate. This is what ultimately became of his contract. He signs 4 years, 160 million with 35 million in incentives. Daniel Jones got it paid. Did he deserve it?
2: Uh, I don't necessarily know if he deserved the money, but I mean, he, the, people can get mad about it but like people have to understand what the value of a quarterback is and the Thank the you. Val, hmm. the, val, the value of a quarterback is, is right now is 40 million like for that position knowing you have consistency of the quarterback people need to understand that that's what the market value is it doesn't mean it's an inflated market right now cuz so many teams have questions at quarterback so you in order to get your guy um even if he's not the get best guy you're going to have to pay you're going to have to pay a little bit more than than what you would want so it's hard for me to say that it's. I didn't love the deal. I didn't love the deal in terms of the four years, but the money I I can't say you know was just a crazy amount of money. I mean, 30, 30 to forty million was a was. I would say forty million was the max you give him, but I mean, forty million was a, was about what quarterbacks are making right now. I think Derek Carr got thirty five. Hmm. Yeah, it's, you know Tyler Derek Carr got thirty five million. Gets Tyler Murray, I mean, <laughs> you can't and you can't look at like if he's the seventh highest paid quarterback right now you can't compare him to like the top five highest paid quarterbacks because obviously the market fluctuates. So it's like, you can't really say, Oh, because he's seventh. he's the seventh highest paying quarterback right now. Cause there's such a deficiency of the position, not because he's the seventh best quarterback overall. So like people want to say, Oh look, this guy is getting less or whatever. Okay. That's when, that's when they, hmm. that's when they're, you know, that's when there weren't as many questions about the position. So it's like, you know, people didn't feel they have to pay as much because it wasn't as much of a premier position as it is right now. So yes. it's, it's, I don't really agree with the detractors the saying, Oh, it's, you know, the most amount of it, it's really not like that's, he got around what the market was. So I, you know, I can't fault the giants for doing that move. Do I think four years was a lot for a guy that his career year is 3,200 yards and, and 15 touchdowns, 100%. But I mean, if the giants want continuity and they want to show that they're committed to this guy who did lead you to a playoff appearance, who ha- who is a great leader, who is respected and his teammates love him. I don't necessarily think that's so bad.
1: No, um, I agree. And then, you know, a lot of people just see the money and they f- lose their damn minds. <laughs> um, you need continuity in this league, but the thing is, the giants are smart. You know, they can, as as much as we hate to say it they can get out of this deal after 2 years it's essentially oh, a 2 year if they can they can move on from him after 2 years before they I'm have to give him a boatload of money right they can commit yep. to him they can keep him on but if it doesn't work after these next 2 years they can cut bait and start over so everyone's just losing their minds cuz they think 4 years and the giants are are with him right it's so a lot of guaranteed money early on. signing bonus, all this stuff. So that's, that's the reason why it looks so inflated as it does. But the Giants have been out after two years. Me and Matt as Giants fans don't want to see another quarterback after two years. But if that's the case, we can get out of it. But if we want Daniel to be here, he had a career year. We only hope he goes up from here um, and works even better in in, in this system uh, with Dable. Um there we can talk we'll talk about it a little bit, but they're adding weapons to this team, they're giving them depth. There's obviously offensive line questions that we can talk about more in depth later on. Um, but you know, with this deal, I'm not freaking out as a Giants fan. Like I said, a lot of Giants fans were it's too much money. It's it's, it's he played the quarterback market, he did well, his agency did well, props to free this is his agency team for doing what they did. They did their due diligence and they got him a nice contract. But like I said, He doesn't have a huge cap hit this year, all right? He has a big signing bonus, but he doesn't – so hopefully the team uses that to their advantage. And like I said, if all falls apart this year or the next year, the Giants are not necessarily tied with him with all that money. They can, in fact, get out of it, and it's not as terrible as people may think. So pump the brakes. It's great to have consistency. Just don't look at the money and think that's it. There's a lot of complicated things that go into NFL contracts that go over our heads. But like I said, the more you look into this deal – you know, it kind of works out for both sides at the end of the day. I mean, I feel like this year is more like a.
2: I mean, last year was such a surprise for people mm-hmm. who caught everyone by surprise, but like this year, he finally has weapons. You got Darren Waller, you got um, you got Barkley's coming back with the franchise tag. You got um, I I want to say they got Paris Campbell too. Paris Campbell. Right? Yep. Harris Campbell, they, yep. Sterling Shepard, and Steve comes back. too. and favorite. I think they're going to draft more playmakers in the draft. Yep. I think Wanda is Wanda Robinson come back. Wanda Robinson do? Wanda will be back from yep. his ACL probably. Oh so, yeah, yeah, they have a lot of they have a lot of weapons this year. You mm-hmm. got probably one of the top two or three tight ends in all football. Yep. So I mean, you gotta you gotta prove it this year. Like if you can't win with this team, like you know, we'll say. Yeah. I mean, I think right. this is more like the prove it year than last year was because last year no one really expected anything. This year people are actually expecting something. So, with the expect, there's more expectations this year than there were last year. arguably. Yeah,
0: he, he arguably has the most pressure on his shoulders coming to this season. And he doesn't seem, and he clearly doesn't seem to be the type to worry about it. He cleaves to himself. You don't even know where he's having lunch. I think he's going to be okay. He's- I,
2: He's a good representation of New York. Like, I, like yeah. I, I've i always said, I, I like the guy personally. I like who he represents. I mean, he's very good with the media. He doesn't talk too much. I mean, he's, like I said, he's worth the money in part because he does. he's not a distraction for the team. Like there's other right quarterbacks place, right who, are distract, who are distractions, like the talk. Like Baker Mayfield can be a distraction. Like, um, you know, Dak Prescott's in the news every other week. <laughs> uh, I mean just certain some of these quarterbacks like they're they're very much a distraction because they're so everything else off the field. Um you've never had that issue with Dan Jones like Dan Jones has been a great leader. like I, I will say Absolutely. That.
0: You couldn't even say that. Couldn't say that any better and, and he's literally a hater by association. They just don't like him. You got 2.0. I mean,
2: Same and thing. he's probably he's not the best quarterback, but wouldn't you rather have someone who's a stabi- who's stable and can give a, a guiding hand rather than someone who's you know, electric, but causes
1: shit off the field. I mean, yeah. I mean, it, we know. we had stability, like I said, like Eli before Daniel. And there's times we wanted to rip our hair out watching Eli. There's times we wanted to rip our hair out watching Daniel, but the same thing they had in common was they're great leaders and they weren't distracted off the field. We loved them for the personality and who they were. But, yeah. So that's why I appreciate Daniel. It was just not a headache like a lot of for some sure. of the suppliers in the league. Just a chill.
0: Yeah ass
1: dude. That's
0: all we want. And yeah, like I said, people just hate him for no reason. It's like that episode of recess. I don't like you, TJ, just because that's what happens Daniel Jones. Now looking at the running backs who made moves, not a lot, but Mm-mm. there are some. But the big thing is first, Saquon does get tagged on and he has a prove it year getting paid. 12 million? 13 million? For uh, the franchise tag? Yeah. It's, it's like 13- 10?
1: I think ten. It's, ten. Excuse ten? me. Yeah, I think he was
0: trying to get those
1: numbers. Anyways, it's like close to eleven, I think, something like that.
0: So, people thought that the the opposite would happen. Maybe Saquon gets extension and Daniel Jones gets the tag to a year. But it's Saquon. Can Saquon with this tag, as long as he stays healthy, I feel like he could really earn a contract. And did Saquon earn his uh, franchise tag?
2: Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so, I mean, Saquon Barkley, when healthy, is probably one of the top. I would say probably the top two or three most explosive backs in the league when he's healthy.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: He's absolutely incredible. I, I, I even said that. Um, I've said this before. I think coming out of college, he's the most explosive back I ever saw since Adrian Peterson. Like ever. Like I, I think what he can do, he's, he's an amazing talent if he stays healthy. And yeah, you saw much, it last year. Is it Derrick Henry than him in terms of health? And you got you got Nick Chubb too. Nick yeah. Chubb. Mm-hmm um, with Caffrey, but I mean, you got to put Saquon Barkley in that same class of running backs. Definitely.
1: Yeah, uh, I agree. And I, I think Matt would, yeah, we, were, I think he was looking between 13 to 15. I think that was what he was potentially asking. And the giants were closer to like 10 to 12. Okay. Um, so I think that's where the discrepancy was, but yeah, no, I mean, he's a top five back when healthy. He proved that he was healthy. He came in uh, last year, had a great year. I've had a bounce back year, but again, I think the giants are nervous as we all are as fans um, seeing, you know, what happens to running backs after a certain amount of years. And and now we see what happened with Zeke Elliott getting released by Dallas that sometimes not giving the running backs, you know, these super big contracts is worth your money and worthwhile. And um, I think that's where the giants are right now. I think that's how the running back market, unfortunately, is going to be. I don't think it's going to be at the all time high. Like it was a few years back when Kamara and Zeke and, uh, McCaffrey are getting these big deals, I think it's gone down, and I think it's just because of the longevity. You never get your money's worth of longevity of the contract, so um I think, you know, with the Giants, I want him back, Um, obviously, because when healthy, he's unbelievable. He's an explosive back. He's a home run hitter, and he takes a lot of pressure off Daniel, so um I, I think we'll see what happens here, but, you know, I, I think the Giants aren't... I think, I hope that those two aren't too far off, and I would want him to get secured, but You know, I think he, being the player type he is, I think he will come back even if he's on the franchise tag. I don't think he'll sit out, hopefully. Um, But like I said, I hope they work some sort of extension out because I think he's very important to this team's offense going forward. And I think he just makes Daniel a lot more comfortable when he's around.
2: Would you say Saquon Barkley is more important to the Giants offense or, or Daniel Jones? I actually personally think Saquon Barkley is more important to the offense because I think There's the offense run, yeah. runs around him more than it does Daniel Jones. I mean, without Saquon Barkley last year, without a healthy Saquon Barkley, they don't win all those games. Like, yeah, I mean, they could have they could have won with any quarterback last season if when Saquon Barkley ran the ball that, that, that well. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I definitely feel like in order for the offense to really succeed – I think you almost need a healthy Saquon Barkley more than you do uh, Daniel Jones.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, Matt, I'll let like you fill in, too. I agree. If you look at the stats, I think I saw a stat today where we reading somewhere where it was like Daniel has like almost a 90 or above quarterback rating with Saquon's in the lineup, and it's like a 77 mm-hmm. when he's not or something. He like drops pretty dramatically. Um, yeah, I think Saquon's more, and I think he's the motivator of the team. Um, you see that a lot. He's fiery on the sidelines. He gets both sides, you know, fired up and ready to go. He's, you know, great as a leader. Um, I think he can be more vocal than Daniel at times. Um, so I think that helps. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think he's the engine that, you know, you know, lets his whole offense go. Um, you know, they rely on him a lot. So, you know, it's really, really good question. It's A tough question today, but you know, I think Saquon is just a tad bit in terms of leadership in there, more important to the offense, than Daniel. But you know, um, I think both of them are great together, which is why, like I said, I think he really needed back here, um, just because he's he is important and he he's the engine that you know allows the offense to click.
0: Yeah, you need you need Saquon in that lineup. He's that good, he's that explosive, he's that important, he's that essential, he's that cool, he's that funny. Saquon Barkley's that dude who needs to be here, and I trust as long as he stays healthy and we really continue to improve the line, he'll be okay. Now, Ezekiel Elliott, that man was a first-round pick, shows up in a crop top was a big uh big name to say the least. And as Alex mentioned, he is no longer a cowboy and released. Do we see anybody giving Zeke a chance?
2: Um yeah, I feel like there's teams that will be willing to give uh to Ezekiel Elliott a chance. I would
0: say Buffalo um, Bills seems
2: like a good fit. Um uh, a team <laughs> A team to look out for for Ezekiel Elliott actually maybe the Philadelphia Eagles because they just uh, they got rid of Miles Sanders That's he went right. to Carolina, so I think Philadelphia may actually be a team that will be looking for for um, Ezekiel Elliott.
0: I hate both teams, that would be fun to watch. Uh, but yeah, does he so... still even have it? Do you think even if he does sign, do you think he'll be able to perform?
2: Yeah, I do. I do. I, I think he's got. A, I think he's got stuff left in the tank. I mean, it was tough because Tony Pollard really emerged um yeah. as a number one back. But I mean, you know, they have a void at running back. They have Kenneth Gainwell, Boston Scott, um, and Rashad Penny. But like Rashad Penny's always hurt. Um Boston Scott is, is not a number one guy, and Kenneth Gainwell is another guy who um I feel like is kind of inconsistent at times. So Ezekiel Elliott would be a a upgrade over that.
1: hmm Yeah. Um I think we'll get another shot, but I don't think he's the same back. I think he's a situational situational, like weird short yardage back, if that makes sense, which is just weird. Just a few years ago he's arguably a top five running back in the league, and now you're gonna put him in a situation on like third and twos. Um it's second and shorts. But uh I think another team we gave a shot. I, I have no idea what team exactly um you know, I think it's going to be a team that has an established back, and you have Zeke kind of be um, your your backup. Um, so it's going to be interesting. I th- but it's also up to him. I um, mean, if he's motivated, he made a bunch of money. So if he even want, if he if he wants to continue to play, if not, you know, he had a great run. Uh, but, but yeah, it's going to be interesting to see everything a every few weeks. Um, but I, like I said, I think he's going to have to be a spot that has a a, a set starter. Um, so, and then you have them in certain situations, either injury or anything like that.
0: What became a little more interesting is where the wide receivers in this league moved. And I don't even know where to start because it's that crazy. And I guess we can start with the big move that was made a couple of weekends ago. Where the Carolina Panthers traded for the number one pick for DJ Moore in exchange for the they traded DJ Moore in exchange for the number one overall pick in the 2023 NFL draft. The Bears also received the number nine overall pick, a 2023 second rounder, a 2024 first rounder, and a 2025 second rounder. With that, Carolina replaces him with Adam Thielen, who I don't think is the same player he was good for him and getting money and he's entertaining, but I just don't think he, what he, it was used to be. And, um, having said all that DJ Moore goes to, uh, the bears and they add, um, depth for Justin Fields. Did Carolina ultimately make the right move here? And they're clearly going to get a quarterback.
2: Um, I do feel like Carolina made the right move here. Um, Mm -hmm. I think it's time for them to finally start moving towards the future and drafting a quarterback. Um, they've been kind of shuffling in at quarterback for, for years now. So I definitely feel like with this pick, they could maybe draft CJ Stroud, um, Anthony Richardson or Levis. So I definitely feel like if they love quarterback, I, I don't know, maybe Bryce young, I definitely feel like the time is right now for them to draft the quarterback. And I don't feel like them waiting, playing this waiting game, filling another stop gap veteran. If they love a quarterback this year, um, I think the division is very winnable. So it could be a good start for this guy's career if he gets on a team this year that has weapons around him like Adam Thielen. Um, I mean, I, they just traded DJ Moore, obviously, and, and I believe Deontay Foreman's gone as well. So yes,
1: yeah, yeah. he's Foreman, yeah, Deont- he De- but he's gone. Yeah. Deontay
2: Foreman, someone else, someone else. So yeah. like, uh, they have to, they may have to upgrade the offensive weapons. But um, yeah, I mean, I think, I think a, the Carolina finally has to to move on and and get a quarterback, and if they have some more.
1: Yeah. Um- I like more going to the Bears. I've, uh, I was hyped up about that. I text you guys that. I think Fields has a really nice set receiving core going forward. I think Chase Claypool will have a yeah, got Claypool. here, but they yep. have Chase Claypool. They have Darren Mooney who had flashes last year and had a connection with Justin Fields. Now you have DJ Moore, so I like the end commit. So I like the the you know what they're doing there. But yeah, I think the Panthers are going to take their quarterback and make. Pick who they want, who they like the most, who they think is going to be most successful. But I think it's a step in the right direction for them. They are kind of retooling on offense. You know, you said, you know, they signed uh, Miles Sanders at running back. They bring in Thielen and as a veteran wide receiver. Um, so and you have you know, a whole we'll new see. brand new coach, if brand right. new coach. Um, you know, so you add a quarterback there, and you have a you know, you have a guy named Andy Dolan, um, who's a great veteran, a great mentor, um, to bring in and, you know, help teach whoever they take first and Um, you know, get him ready for the season. If he's either going to start right away or or wait a little bit, I assume being a first overall pick, you're probably going to start right away. Um, But we'll see. I think it's time for the Panthers to start making the move in the right direction. This is a really aggressive move. I think the bears won the trade in my opinion, but you know, we'll see who they take with the first pick. Um, And I think it's going to be exciting future for Carolina. Um, but like I said, I, I really like this for the Bears because I think adding DJ Moore kind of solidifies their offense even more, and they have a you know a, be- a bevy of assets uh, for Justin Fields and this team to uh, develop going forward.
2: Yeah, I mean, kind of like Daniel Jones, like they're they're giving all the weapons to mm-hmm. to uh, Justin Fields to see, you know, he is their guy. You know, we're banking on this guy, so they're giving it to say, they're basically saying here, we have you have the weapons now. You got to go out and win proof to us that you were the guy who has most rushing yards in the history of the NFL for a single season. And they want to see the explosiveness for there. So with this rushing ability and with the receivers they are added um, they're definitely banking on Justin Fields to be the quarterback of the future.
0: Some other wide receiver moves that were interesting. Just get out Lazard giants. Like I said, giants bring like, like it was said here giants bring back Darius Slayton and Sterling Shepard for Daniel Jones adding that Paris Campbell Brandon Cooks is going to the Cowboys. Juju Smith-Schuster is going to the Patriots. Out of this and some of the other moves that I may have not mentioned, what is the most interesting one to you
2: guys? Oh, I love the Brandon Cooks to Dallas move. I love that move. Um, Brandon Cooks is one of the most, I would say probably one of the top three or four most underrated receivers in the entire league. Mm Mm-hmm. When healthy, he's he's just absolutely tremendous. Um, so you're gonna get him. You couldn't. You pair him with um, C.D. Lamb, um, Dalton Schultz. Like that offense is gonna be deadly next year. Um, they got a lot of good weapons for Dak Prescott. So I mean, I love that move for Dallas. I loved it. I thought it was a great move. Get a guy who's a proven veteran, who's had a great season, who's had great years in the past. Get another pass target for Dak. Um, it's it's just an incredible move. like Brandon Cooks has had a thousand yards in one, two, what it, eight? It three, eight? Four, five, six. he's had he's six. had a thousand yards in six seasons that he's been a that he's been in the league out of the nine hes played. So like you're getting a guy in seventy percent of his seasons that's had a thousand or more yards. so pretty pretty impressive and he's also played in two Super Bowls. so you have a guy postseason experience as well. He's the first player in NFL history to have a 1,000 yards receiving with three different teams. That is insane when you put it that way.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. Um,
0: Also, Jacoby Myers to Vegas is another move of
1: note. Um, Real quick, because I know our Brian wanted us to shout this out uh, today. Uh, Shout out to him for going at Colin Coward's ridiculous take today. Um, About... Brandon Cooks, I think we all agreed that it was insane. Can we stop the narrative that, you know, you know, Brandon Cooks is kind of like this diswanted entity, if you will. Um, you know, because everyone keeps bringing, oh, he went to, you know, Bill Belichick did a one, or Sean Payne did a want him, or Sean McVay, you know, like the Rams and all these other spots. He is, like Hayden said, just I think underrated, undervalued as a receiver. He's never a problem. He's always reliable. He never really asked for a trade into the last few years because it just seemed like, okay, they're rebuilding here. Let me get you something so I can go to a contender. Uh, And I think Dallas made a smart move. He is a great, reliable veteran receiver. He's going to be great with CeeDee Lamb. And if an injury happens, you can rely on him to step up for those few games that he's out. I'm not saying it's a game changer. I don't think it makes Dallas a Super Bowl team, but I think it's a great addition it adds depth to the wide receiver. Hell, as a Giants fan, I would love Brandon Cooks to be a Giant, but he's in Dallas. But I, I think love
2: him. A... I love him for the Jets
1: too. Yeah. yeah. Like, like I think I, he's I just I think he's just a great productive receiver who is never an issue. And all they have to do is give up a fifth and a six. It's a low risk, high reward move. And it's like, like I said, a great move by Dallas. As much as I dislike Dallas as a Giants fan, it's a very, very smart and great move by them, and everyone that is saying it's not going to work because of, oh, CD gets hurt whatever, Brandon Cooks is going to – no, stop all that garbage. He is, like I said, got to work there. He's always reliable, and I think it's, like I said, again, an unbelievable move, a great move by Dallas to get in another veteran receiver who is still productive everywhere he goes. Now – I'm with you on that.
0: There are two wide receivers. We are very interested in seeing where they go. DeAndre Hawkins and Odell Beckham Jr. One thing with OBJ with the Brandon Cooks move. People said Odell to the Cowboys is a very real possibility. Well, I think with Exactly. With this move, that is gone. But Odell Beckham Jr., it seems the only team at this moment that may be a fit. And whether these uh, reports are true that a certain quarterback requested him, but he denies it. But Odell Beckham to the Jets. How about that? And he's, for some reason, uh, wants to get paid like a top receiver again. Reckon he's been out of the league for a whole year and uh, was playing hurt through most of it. I got to say to Hayden, what would be it be like if you saw Odell Beckham in a Jets uniform and Aaron Rodgers if
2: only it was 2015, I mean, they would have no excuse not to go to the Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers and OBJ. Um, I think that would be an unbelievable pairing. Um, I, I don't necessarily know how that would, that would be a media frenzy with OBJ and Aaron Rodgers. So it would definitely be, it'd be an adjustment. And I think the Jets have had a lot of problems in the past with the media, so. I, I don't know if I would love the move. I think as a town face, I think it would be an unbelievable move cuz he would be he would pair him with Garrett Wilson, um Elijah Moore, Denzel Mims, like it would it would be great for the Jets receiving core. I just don't know exactly how it would play out in New York cuz he's he had issues when he was with the Giants. Can
0: he still play? He is coming off essentially yeah. back-to-back ACL injuries, but
2: Yeah, I think he's, I think he still plays.
0: Okay so so you do I, I think it'd be a dumb move for the Jets to go all in and if they want to give his alleged ask of what 20 million a year yeah. you'd be you better be 2013 Odebeck Jr. Okay. I think that'd be a ridiculous move to try to resign uh,
2: yeah. him. Um I mean yeah I mean it would pff, the money is is a factor. I mean if you could get him at a cheaper price and maybe but I mean yeah, yeah I, I agree with you 100%. He's he's probably not worth the money he's asking for especially coming off two years of, of an ACL injury. And he hasn't played in a while, but I mean, when he played
1: with the with the Rams, he was he was pretty awesome. When he yeah, was, he was. But he was know. the catalyst that got him to that Super Bowl that people forget. He was when he got a, that whole, that team flipped a different switch when he got there. It just it was crazy. Um, yeah, I mean, I think he kind of like joked on Twitter and kind of refuted that he's asking for that much. But then again, who knows? It's it's Odell. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think. I could see the Jets. I don't know if you'd go there. I've I see more of a Baltimore or a team that's that's a wide receiver needy that might spend the extra few million to, to get them on board. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's tough because you don't know what version you're going to get. Are you going to get the, the Rams version that, you know, uh, was great on the fields, was great in the locker room? Yeah. Um, not, you know, too crazy um, off the field or with the media. I think we're, you know, I think we're getting a a more experienced Odell, a more grown-up Odell um, compared to when he was at the Giants when he was young and became this star overnight and didn't really know how to handle it. So I think it's going to be interesting to see. Um, I think the media at times overhyped Odell as as this issue, Um, but it seems like everywhere he goes, the team falls in love with him. They love having him around, so I don't know what really his contract demands are at the end of the day. I would not pay him $20 million to <laughs> play it in a year. Um, but if you can get him on a decent deal, seven, 8 million or whatever as a proof of deal or give him, a, you know, uh, uh, incentives uh, on a multi-year deal where it just increases for him, go for it. I think it's of to bring in, but again, I would not do anything, you know, North of 15 million for Odell right now. And quick on
0: Deandre Hopkins. Is he going to land a job somewhere? I think it seems New England possibly, yeah, or could it's... he be going to um, Atlanta or the Ravens and the Chiefs about, as well?
2: I was just about to say the Ravens. Um, I think him with Lamar would be a great addition. Give him a, a great number one if Lamar decides to go back to um, the the Ravens. But, I mean, the Patriots are also a good spot, too, because they don't really have too many Revens at the receiving position. They have Jacoby Myers, I think, is coming back. He's their their best guy. And you obviously pair him with the quarterback with Bill Belichick. Um, The Patriots have had a known propensity to go after big-name free. They did that with Randy Moss. Uh, When they signed Randy Moss, he was probably one of the greatest receivers ever for New England. So, I mean, they haven't really taken a chance on, like, a big-name star in a while, the Patriots. So that's... It's a guy they could take a chance on, but they haven't really made a, a gigantic move, the Patriots, in a very, very long time.
0: Yeah. have been very quiet over the um, past few years with the, I the could see him at, Cam Newton.
1: Yeah. I mean, I could see him in New England. Um, I know, you know, they kind of did a weird... Not a weird flop, but, like, Jacoby goes to the Raiders. You know, uh, Juju goes to the Patriots. I, I could see them adding more depth in, in getting DeHop, but I... I would love it if if he goes to Baltimore, like uh Hayden said, I think you know you can you don't have to trade too much to get him at this point. Um, he is on a bigger deal, but if you have Lamar, you give him a true, you know, another great weapon to have, another security blanket, not named Mark Andrews. Um, you give him a true receiver that's dynamic. And we saw, you know, when he came back from suspension last year, him and Kyler Murray, he was just going off. He was getting like 10 receptions a game. Um so you know, I think you will be on the move, just the way how the Cardinals are looking right now. I think they're kind of going in some weird hybrid rebuild, retool, whatever you want oh, to call man. it. They're a, weird um, they're a really weird franchise. They um, suck. They're in a world of hurt, um, especially after giving, you know, Kyler the bag. Uh, so no we'll reason. see for no reason. Um, so I, I, it'd be interesting to see what happens. But I think if the Cardinals are smart, you sell him now when you still get some assets for them, some decent assets such as set for him
0: the uh tight ends not a lot of moves but the big one with Darren Waller going to the Giants Alex tell me about your excitement and how much this deal assuming Darren Waller can stay on the field can change everything in this offense
1: uh I love it um I was shocked I wasn't expecting that big of a of a deal if you will yeah, only, that came the, out of nowhere the weird yeah it really came out of nowhere because we we heard like waller was in the market but then they gave game that extension and then you thought he was going to be in oakland you know not over, in las vegas for a little bit then all of a sudden you get a report. it's like oh Giants made a trade for a tight end you're like huh? who and, oh Dar-, you're like, oh darren waller hell yeah and he's pretty much straight to darius tony for darren waller um, yeah so shane baby you know Joe Shane, great move um yeah and it's really if it stays healthy and we really hope he does. I think it just adds a great weapon for Daniel. You have two great tight ends now in in Waller and Bellinger. I know Bellinger got hurt, but before he got hurt, he was looking really solid. He was looking like a really nice player. He's a great blocker and a receiver at the same time. Whereas Waller is really like a really, really dynamic receiver. Um, I'm super excited. I love Darren Waller. He's a great story in this league. A lot of people know, you know, he's struggled with a lot of personal issues. In his past, mm-hmm. he's overcome them. Um, and he's he's been great, uh, he, you know, helps out kids who have similar issues or tries to prevent kids from fall in the same um, demons that he had. Um, so I think he's going to be great in New York. He looks excited to be here. Um, and yeah, it's a great move. Like I said, low risk. I mean, I know it's a third round pick, but you got it from the Chiefs. You flip it for a guy who has a potential, excuse me, to, to be an all pro or a pro bowler, if not a pro bowler. Um, and like I said, just adds a great, you know, security blanket um you know for Daniel and a great dynamic weapon to have um for him.
2: Yeah, I mean I first of all he just got married to Kelsey Plum, so that's another thing. Like congrats to him.
1: Congrats to him as yeah. well.
2: Great, great guy Uh I mean yeah I mean what what thing about Darren Waller is he he almost lines up like a wide receiver. So like you can play him out wide in the slot. Um, you could play him you know to be a deep threat. Like he can Daniel Bellinger could be that tip, prototypical like pass catching tight end, but like, and then you add Darren Waller, he's pretty much another receiver. He's that like versatile. So it's like, it's interesting. They they, I think the two tight end sets are gonna be a great thing with Bellinger and uh, Darren Waller. I mean, they used to do that. Like the Patriots had that with not comparing it to Gronk and Hernandez when they had that. But I mean, yeah, the same kind of thing. Where it's a it's two a two tight end, end set would be, would be would be great for the the Giants. Mm-hmm. I think.
0: Bring it back. The two tight ends uh, offenses. Ryan Dayball and uh, and um, and uh, Mike Kafka will be able to do some great things. I just know it. And just one more thing regarding offensive positions, offensive lines been moving around. The biggest one is Orlando Brown going to the Bengals. Do we think Orlando Brown going to the Bengals on a three-year deal is a thing? Is he going to be that special – Offensive linemen that could create the ultimate protection for Joe Burrow. As we know, the Bengals' ultimate weakness is protecting Joe Burrow. Is he the one who will be the difference maker here?
2: I mean, it it will definitely help at the end of the game. Um, I mean, the Bengals came up just short um, versus Kansas City. They they went to the Super Bowl the year before, so they're like right on the cusp. I mean, adding a great offensive lineman like Orlando Brown can't hurt you. Um, It can only help you. But I mean I, I think it all lies in Joe Burrow, really. You know, he's the one making the throws. He's the one dictating the offense. I mean, there's only so much an offensive line one offensive lineman can do. Um but that being said, it is a big game changer that they have another receiver that can um that can, you know, kind of I mean not receiver, another lineman that can protect mm-hmm. Joe Burrow to, to not have him be hit as much. Um yeah. that's been an issue for him in the past and keeping Joe Burrow is healthy is extremely important throughout the duration of the season.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. Um I really like the move. Um Orlando Brown's really, really solid. It's just weird to me, um, that the Bengals left tackle, Jonah Williams requested a trade like shortly after uh this <laughs> move got announced. And I don't know it's because he that. strictly wants to be a left tackle. Um I don't know why you said that would be your right tackle. Um or you know, help on the offensive line any way I can so I can stick here because you know, I can win a Super Bowl here. Uh it's just it was weird. But I think Brown's a great move. Um, you know, he's young, um, he's solid, uh, you know, stayed healthy for a lot of his career, played, I'm reading here, you know, seventy-five is eighty-one career games, uh, just reliable as they come. And it's not a huge, huge deal, three years. And, you know, for someone of of his quality, I, I think he took one of the lesser deals in terms of um you know, year over year salary compared to some of the other left tackles in the league. So smart move by the Bengals. Anything you can do to keep Joe Burrow upright is smart by me. And I guess they have to figure out what this John Williams situation is going forward. Um, now that you know they they found their new guy at left tackle.
2: Um, I think one of the areas the Bengals have to upgrade is is actually a tight end. Um, they've had a. Uh... You know they've had a couple of tight ends that have left. Uzoma uh, went on to the Jets. Um Hayden, yeah, Hurst, Hayden Hurst, just, Hurst just left. Just too. went to the Panthers on a three on a three year deal. So, I mean, I think they're going to have to fill the tight end position for Joe Burrow. That's one of the, the their biggest weaknesses right now.
0: Yeah, that might be a good one to 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 fill in the draft. And regarding our pass rushers, we have people like on Jones go to Seattle. Uh Snacks Harris is going from Cleveland to the Vikings. I think the big one here is the 49ers landing Javon Hargrove from Philly. It seems Philly has had a unique offseason themselves. Yep. But adding to an explosive defensive line with like people like Nick Bosa, is this gonna be a major move for the 49ers?
1: Yeah. Um uh Hart, you know, he's as solid as the tackles they come D the tackle. Um Defensive lineman, I should say, in Hargrave, and you put him in that system that just, you know, is a dominant defense like we saw last year. Uh, takes pressure off Bosa, and he's he wreaks havoc. I'm happy he's we don't have to face him two times a year going forward. Uh, so good riddance to Hargrave, but I think it's a great pickup by the 49ers. I think he's just a dynamic guy. Um, the Eagles are going through it, they literally lost all majority of their key defensive players uh, from that last year. And their defensive oh. coordinator, too. And their defensive yeah. coordinator. So it's just a very interesting offseason for the Eagles. But uh, I think it's just a really smart move um, by the 49ers to get someone of his caliber. I know he's getting paid $21 million per year. It's a big deal. But he's a great defensive guy, great leader. We just saw that with the Eagles and, you know, just adding even more firepower to this uh, 49ers defense. Yeah,
2: I mean, I mean, one of the things, like the Eagles had, I think, the most sacks in NFL history at one point. Um, so, like, they have a dominant defensive line, the Eagles. So, I think the 49ers last year lost to the Eagles in their in the NFC Championship game. So, if they want to get back, I think they're going to have to, like you said previously, they beef off the defensive line. So, picking up a guy from the Eagles, who one of the best defensive lines ever last year and got to the quarterback at an all-time high, um, I think is a smart move. It's Thanks, really going to bolster their pass rush for Nick Bosa, like you said. Make so, sure um, you can never have here. you can never have too many pass rushers. Like, you know that that's how the Giants have won Super Bowls. Giants won Super Bowls in 2007 and 2011 because they had a pass rush with Masai Sionuka, Justin Tuck, um, OCU, and Um Just a few of the guys who really helped them get after Brady in both those Super Bowls, and that's how that's how they, went, they ended up winning their Super Bowl because they constantly hit the quarterback. Um, I feel like if if the 49ers could do that, I like that. I like it. they got a chance to go back to the NFC title game.
0: And with the linebackers, now again, a little quiet in that position. Oh, the Giants need it. They added, um, I don't know how to pronounce this. Is it Okiri from the Colts? Bobby
1: Okirike. Okay. Bobby Okirike. Okay. I think he said it in an interview once to tell you how you correctly pronounce it. It's, it's very people. I used to thought it was Okiriki. That's how I thought it was, but I think he said it in an interview once it's Okirike, if I'm not mistaken. But sorry for butchering your your name. But welcome to the Giants. Like, yeah, them.
0: we'll um get his name right for sure this upcoming season. My one question is for the future hall of famer who had an okay year in his hometown team for the LA Rams, Bobby Wagner, do we see him signing anywhere or is he going to hang it up?
1: You get another run. I think someone will pick him up. I think the giants should, if they could, I would love him, but but if they fit him under a cap, I would say go for it. Uh, I think he just wants to go to a more, a more, I should say, reliable contender where you kind of know that you have a really, really good shot of winning the Super Bowl compared to being good with the Giants. But um, he didn't have a bad year last year. I think he just kind of the used cap casualty this year. Um, I think he's still going to have another season, maybe one more, and I think he'll hang it up after. But it'll be interesting to see where Bobby Wagner goes. I think he can still be productive in this league. He showed it last year.
2: Yeah, no, I, I agree with you on that. Um, Bobby Wagner has, is obviously a Hall of Fame linebacker. He's, he's been an. In- unbelievable player he was productive last year so um i mean he's only 32 years old it's not like he's you know yeah like 35 or 40 um but i mean yeah he's definitely a productive player um who who i think he's going to go to that's a pretty difficult question um obviously like you said you want to go to a super bowl contender um so yeah it's 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 really difficult to say who's who he's going to go to at this point um i i don't the nfc is a little bit weak um so i mean a team that would be good for him to go to maybe would be the minnesota vikings actually if they want to like they they won 13 games so that's a team that should that could look after maybe the detroit lions if they want to they want to bolster their competition so just a couple of those teams that i thought from the nfc wouldn't be bad Um, maybe the lions or the vikings
0: now the last group of positions will quickly will, will be the defensive backs um don't really have much to discuss regarding the kickers and punchers. But again, never take the foot out of football. But the defensive backs have going all been going all over the mm-hmm. place with the cornerbacks and free safeties and all of that. So I don't know where to start with this deep and dense list. Jalen Ramsey is going yep. to Miami. Darius Slay and James Bradbury are staying. It seems like they're going to be the only two vets staying on this Eagles team. Uh, Jesse Bates goes from Cincinnati uh-huh. to Atlanta. Cam Sutton is going from the Steelers to Detroit. Um... Arby Hill is going to Cleveland. Patrick Peterson hanging in there, going to the Steelers. Out of all these major moves regarding the defensive backs, which but one is going to change the league the most? Which one is going to be like, oh, shit, now that he's on this defense, everything is changing? Is it a Jalen Ramsey What's growing there? I think that might be a team to uh, really watch out for with the Dolphins having quite the offseason. That's going to be a major move there. I think that's the most interesting one for me, personally.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm going to have to agree with you on the, the Jalen Ramsey one. Um, I mean, I think it's going to change the, the way how Josh Allen, Rodgers, or the quarterbacks for the Patriots kind of throw it at the Miami Dolphins. They're going to be a hard team to throw. with have got Xavier Howard, Jalen Ramsey. Mm-hmm. Um, they have one of the best secondaries in the league right now. So, I mean, they, I mean, they want, they're want they trying to compete with the Jets because the Jets have Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed at their corner position. Um, the right, I think the... I want to say the Buffalo Bills. I believe they still have the Tre'Davious White with the yeah, Buffalo Bills. He's still there. He's still there. So they have him. They have him as a cornerback. So it's that division right now is stacked with great corners. So it's going to be a tough division to throw the ball against. And I think Miami wants to compete with the Jets, the Patriots, and the and and the um and the Bills in terms of their secondaries. So I feel like they actually that was a great move by their part, Miami, to
1: bring yeah. Jalen Ramsey there. Yeah, uh, I agree. They didn't – we were expecting a lot more when we heard that his name was up in, in trade talks. We were expecting at least a second or maybe a low first. Obviously, a double will have one. Um, but, you know, you would think when a player – when you heard the Rams were on the market that someone would dangle that to get him. Um, they only got him, I think, for like a third and a fifth. I could be – I know the third was – so, you know, the Dolphins shore up their defense with an all-pro type corner. Um I think they're going to be a really, really interesting team. Their defense um, is, is coming together. I think they need a few more pieces, but I really like what they were, what they what they did. I think acquiring Jalen Ramsey kind of solidifies that. And again, low risk move. I know they're taking in a boatload of money um, or a good amount of Jalen Ramsey's contract, but again, third round pick, you got an all pro corner, solidify your defense and have your leader out there. Great move by the dolphins. I think it's going to be really, really exciting. I think, that whole division's defenses are going to be a lot of fun to watch this upcoming year. They're going to eat, they're going to eat
0: and watch them cook. But yeah, that wraps us up guys hitting all the major free agency moves. We definitely will have an NFL draft show a month from now, but it keeps on coming. And before you know it, we might even have to do another free agency show yeah. um, right before this draft. But um, I just want to thank Hayden Nather and Alex Young for the great work as always. Definitely catch them next week as we preview the MLB season as well. And um, thank you for tuning in. And there's a reason why we're soon to be, One of the greatest podcasting groups of all time. Simple as that. Thank you, Hayden and Alex, and we'll see you next week.
1: See you guys in the next one. Later, guys.
0: Hayden and Alex, bringing great energy, bringing great takes, and bringing a great presence. I appreciate you guys. Thank you. So... So much. It was great talking about all the off-season moves in the NFL so far. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the Productive Conversations podcast on all podcasting platforms and YouTube. And don't forget to check out exclusive content regarding this show on Productive Conversations Podcast.com. And don't forget to check us out on the world of social media, on Instagram, at Productive Conversations Podcast, Twitter, at ProdComboPod. We're on TikTok, at Productive Conversations. So we're back at it tomorrow. The March Madness Tournament has been exciting on all of the highest levels seriously this tournament is awesome not only we're seeing cinderella stories not only we're getting major upsets not only we're getting intensely entertaining games but it's a great experience and we are having a lot of fun with it. And the Sweet 16 has a lot of great teams still in it. A lot of mid-majors we didn't expect to be in it, but are making a push. And the next couple of weeks is going to be very entertaining, and we have to get you ready for it. Huge Sweet 16 weekend is on the horizon, and we're bringing the men's college basketball team with you for a very big Sweet 16 preview. It's going to be a lot of fun. So until then, I just want to thank... Hayden Nadler, Alex Young, and Alex DeJesus for their contributions to this episode. I want to thank you, the greatest fans and listeners in the world, for tuning in every week and always supporting us. And I also want to remind you to always check in on your friends and family and please be a great person. Please, please do the right thing. My name is Matt Brown. I am the host of the Productive Conversations podcast. And I'll see you tomorrow to talk all things March Madness and the Sweet 16. All right. See you then. Peace.